You may be aware that there is a battle of good versus evil in the world, but maybe you don't really know how to express what that is. Is it an occult? Is it magic? Is it a war of faith or a lack thereof? Well, today my guest is the occult reject himself, Nick. Nick has his own podcast and his own show on YouTube, and he joins us today to talk about his experiences with magic with a K. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Great, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden. And because it's a Friday, I'm bringing with me my special co-host, Chris Michaels, here on America Emboldened. We're going to recap a little bit of the week, but more so than recapping the week, we got a great guest for everybody today. I'm looking forward for you to meet him. He runs his own show. Uh, and, uh, well, I don't want to spoil too many things. And let me bring Chris on first, and we'll go from there. Chris, you know, it's been a wild week this week. Uh, I just saw right before we're going live that we find out that uh, Hunter Biden was indicted. And so now everybody's, the politics are all crazy. But within all of this, are we seeing a battle of good versus evil? You know it. You absolutely know it. We talked about angels earlier in the week on my side of it. So, yes, absolutely, it's good versus evil. And I would even say that it has to do with inversion more than anything else. Mm. Whatever they say they're doing, they're probably going to be actually performing the opposite task. So everything they tell you, maybe you should just do the opposite. Well, I remember like my brother, he, he read the Satanic Bible uh, years ago. And he got really into kind of just finding out different things outside of Christianity. And he was always telling me that, you know, Greg, they, they have to tell you their plan, that it's actually an ethical code for them, that they need to make sure that they say, this is exactly what we're going to do. So that way, when they do it, it's ethical that they're like, well, we told you about it. And they don't feel that what they're doing is bad whatsoever to begin with. They believe that it's moral. It's almost like Thanos, when he goes to snap his fingers, he believes that what he's about to do is absolutely for the betterment of society. But it's within that plan that we know that, well, good, innocent people would be dead. They'd be gone. That's 100% true. Look at what COVID did, right? With all the mandates and all the shots. They gave you the information. I read the information from my podcast of what the trials are like, what they tested for, what they didn't test for, and still people got it, and they didn't say it across the mainstream media. So it's up to you. It's your own responsibility to figure out what's real and what's not, because well, they ain't going to help you. Well, I'm hoping that our guest tonight can help us figure out what's real and what's not. But from what I understand, he got rejected from this entire thing. So I'm not even sure that he's allowed in the conversation with the <laughs> official people. So our guest today, Chris, it is Nick from The Occult Rejects. Now, if you're not following the Occult Rejects, he has his own podcast. He also has a YouTube channel. He's got a great following over there. 
not only that, but this guy's got phenomenal starting music. Like I'm jamming out at the beginning of his show. I'm like starting to dance. And all of a sudden his voice comes on. I'm like, whoa, can I get a little bit more of that music? Can I get a more more of that sound bite here? I was having a really good time. So how did you find him, Chris? Well, it turns out that I followed him on a couple of uh, posts. So I found him, oddly enough, on Twitter. And then as uh, we exchanged a few messages here or there, found out that we actually grew up not far from one another within oh, a couple sorry. of years. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Nick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> this maniac. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's good to know. He's got some good information, I think. And being that we're both from uh, Long Island in New York, we can tell you some stuff about the Montauk Project, about Can't what wait. they did during World War II here, what Tesla has going on here. Very interesting stuff. Excellent. Like, not a lot you, of people know about it. You know, for me, um, I'm probably going to be most interested in talking to about my background in the engineering side with audio, radio, and video and how we're all electromagnetic beings. So I'm going to bring mm -hmm. that into the conversation today. Perfect. I'm looking forward to it. So why don't we keep the audience not in suspense anymore and actually bring Nick onto the show? So Nick, the founder of the Occult Rejects, welcome to America Emboldened, live here with Bolden and Michaels. Thank you very much for asking me to come on. I appreciate it. I love it. We, we got uh, having a great time already just sitting in the back. Listen. <laughs> Well, I, I love it though. Like, you know, we're, we're coming in all of a sudden Nick's got this like soothing voice. Why? Well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Right. We're going to talk big things today. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll get going. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so Nick, let's start off here. Uh, I teach at a high school. I teach audio, radio, video, broadcast engineering. And I start off every single year talk about how James Maxwell proved that the entire universe was an electromagnetic universe, everything in the world, that we are literally manifestations of light, that we are vibrations, we are energy. And so you have everything from wavelengths, from gamma rays to X-rays to ultraviolet to infrared to radio waves to microwaves. And we have the visible light spectrum somewhere in the middle. And then our bodies are also in there as well. Our, our cells are vibrating right now. That's why we're able to bring this great audio and this great video to everybody right now with these three handsome gentlemen that you know all the different formats are falling in love with right now. Go follow, ladies and gentlemen. But I bring this up because the energy that we bring is infectious to others or it can be absolutely repellent to others, much like a magnet has a north and south. I believe human beings can be north and south as well. And so I like to get to know people right at the beginning uh, to find out whether we're going to be attracted or repel within all this, within this energy, and also get to know what you think about that as a topic. So, Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, like Chris had mentioned before, um, you know, and I, I do agree with everything you just said right there, but I'll, I'll get back to what you just asked me. Um, I grew up uh, out in, like Chris said before, I grew up in uh, Long Island, uh, mainly like Suffolk County. I was out there for most of my life, did a little bit of time in Nassau. Um, you know, grew up uh, kind of like normal lifestyle, uh, you know, regular upbringing. Um, but I, I guess, you know, and it's probably like all those things Chris mentioned before, as a kid growing up, um, being young, I mean, I guess they considered it gossip about back then or like street, street talk. Yeah. But, but it was really thinking about it. It's kind of paranormal, uh, paranormal or uh, paranoia or you know, conspiratorial. <laughs> But like, you know, I, growing up as a kid, we heard things about the Montauk Project. 
we had the princess of the lake that was like taking oh yeah it every year in lake ronkonkoma um indian burial grounds that's why we thought our house was haunted because my parents even believed it was haunted so even coming up growing up as a kid even though they were they were christians they acknowledged that they thought there was ghosts in the house so so just even growing up i i guess i've always had like these weird ooh, ah, like you know conspiratorial stuff to do with paranormal or like magic kind of in a sense. And uh, I guess as I got older, like that was very intriguing to me. And uh, even when I was in like my teens or my late teens, um, I was friends with, I didn't really get involved with, but I mean, I was friends with people who like called themselves witches or into, you know, the occult and magic because I was always intrigued by it. But uh, I kind of just heavily, heavily stayed with just like, you know, ghosts and aliens at the time. So I, uh, but to, to move forward eventually because of being involved in that stuff, I started to kind of get more into conspiratorial stuff with aliens and paranormal. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. Sorry. I, I, I think the aliens are listening right now. Yeah, they tapped <laughs> They're in. from Mexico. They just came up from the uh, the crypt. <laughs> they're, they're coming for us. <laughs> we got to cover that tonight, too. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. <laughs> 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 but I guess like, a, you know, to, to kind of cut the story down a little bit more, you know, eventually I, I get into, uh, you know, to conspiracy theorists, uh, theories and, you know, stuff like that, going down rabbit holes, starting to listen to people, Jordan Maxwell, David Icke, Michael Tassarian, uh, you know, even Alex Jones and stuff, all those people from back in the day, like, you know, 2010, I started listening to them and, um, you know, a lot of them that I just mentioned were also very heavy with occultism and trying to say that they think occultism is behind like kind of what's like ruling or running the world. And I kind of found that very interesting. And I guess I gravitated towards that more when I kind of like researched stuff and looked for myself. And uh, after, I guess, a few years of like you know, like studying this stuff and getting into it and just like, I'm finding that I'm just chasing names. I'm just chasing dates. I'm just chasing different countries. But I was like, I really don't even know what magic is. And I don't even know if these stories that I'm reading is even correct about all these secret societies I'm looking into. So I was like, maybe I should just like actually start like reading the books and like maybe practice it to an extent, like to see like, you know, what is magic? So I ended up getting in touch with somebody like I had mentioned earlier that I knew from school that I was still in contact with on Facebook and told them that I was looking to get into a more of ceremonial magic, not so much witchcraft or Wicca. And they directed me to a few books and I grabbed one of them and started using it for a while. Um, and then uh, I started noticing like discrepancies in that book, even to books that I was referring to. It's like the book you were just referred to is actually not saying the same thing as you are. So I was like, you know, without, you know, online, I was like a little worried that uh, there might have been like, you know, inf you know, false information. And it's like now I'm finding it just, you know, in these books of these people that are authors, you know, selling these things and people, you know, read them and think it's correct. So I was like, maybe I'll have to actually just look for one of these places. Is there a place around that I could just join? Um, I had spoken to somebody that was a Freemason, and they had told me, don't, don't even bother coming here. You'll be waiting way too long to get into that. If you want to get straight into magic, go somewhere else. Uh, I looked up the Golden Dawn. There wasn't any near me. And then uh, not that I was a huge fan of Crowley. Um, I will you know, state this I guess now I think he was an occult genius, but I do not think he was a good person. 
So I kind of at least respected that he had occult knowledge. So I was like, all right, I'll check out the OTO. And uh, that was one 20, 25 minutes away from me when I was, you know, by the mountain queens. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I guess that makes it real easy. So, uh, you know, contacted them, you know, found them, you know, on their websites is like, you know, so easy to find too. It's not really a secret to join these things at all. So I eventually like found like one of their social medias that like listed their events and got in contact with them. And I was like, you know, can I come down to uh, a Gnostic mass? They were doing, they did most temples or lodges or oases. Um, we'll do the mass quite often. It's almost like their version of church in a sense. And uh, they had that up, you know, often. And I figured this must be something they do. And, you know, I'll just go and check that out. It's probably just like a normal, usual event. Couldn't be too crazy. And I was able to then eventually find it on YouTube to watch. So okay. I was like, all right, now I know like what I'm expecting when I walk in. I think I can deal with this. So I was like, sure. So uh, I got in contact with them. They told me they let them know when I got closer to the date. I re emailed them again, and then they sent me directions. And, like, even that was, like, a little shady and weird. Um, behind the third oak tree and make sure you wear your robe. I mean, like, what's going on here? That, that's, when, I, when, you, when you realize the situation, you'll understand it. But when I was, like, you know, from being on the outside, I was like, yo, this is already getting weird already. But it was like, you know, they gave me directions, and it was like, you know, they, they, it was an apartment in an apartment building meet across the street there's a park and you can hang out at the benches and you just wait there and somebody will come out periodically and come and get you and i was like oh i was like this is weird so i mean i go and i'm like let me see what happens and uh, i park and I'm like i see a big group of people that definitely look like they're probably into this very goth or like you know just that look that they have their witches or into magic and i was like that must be them I was like, all right, so like, I'm not going to be standing out here by myself. I'm at least going to get kidnapped with 10 other people. <laughs> Maybe I got a chance, you know? <laughs> so, so what happened when you got in there? Uh, when, it, when you get in there, um, you know, of course, uh, you know, they make sure they ask for their donation that they, you know, they, these things aren't free. They do ask for a donation. I, mean, I guess you don't have to donate. Yeah, it's like political parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to pay to play. You, you got a book that you can sign your name in to show that you were there. <laughs> Which that like helps if you want to become a member, then you can say like, I've been here since this date and now I've been coming for six months. I'm eligible to ask, you know, so that does help a little bit, but I do still think that's a little much, but they have a book you can write your name in. And um, if for the Gnostic Mass, if you get there, um, you know, you would get there early and um, they will come out prior to doing the mass and they will actually explain some of the gestures and the movements that are done and they'll show you how the, how to do them and what they're called because like in the mass, when they do it, kind of everybody else does it with them. and they'll even give you a little pamphlet that you can hold on to if you want to look at it you know, in case you get confused. A so little, a little bathroom reading, you know. For, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there holding the reading. Acquaint yourself with the dark arts, young my young Padawan Nick. <laughs> so uh, I, I I went to that. Um, I did that. I, I will say I was a little surprised though, because the YouTube version. I guess I never thought of it that if there was nudity, YouTube may not show it. Mm. So I was a little surprised with that because the priestess in the Gnostic mass will get naked on top of the altar at one point. So that, that did surprise me. And then I, I remember even thinking that surprised then, me just now too. According, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Chris. Chris is like, yeah, I expected it. Me. No, my yeah. face was like, what? The yeah. Hell is going I on? mean, <laughs> what I was, we know or what I know. 
I was like, if this gets any weirder and starts like looking like eyes wide shut, I'm out of here. <laughs> you didn't no, have to put you your gotta... keys. You didn't put your keys in the bowl when he walked in, did you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I had those on me. Nick, <laughs> b- before you continue, I, I want to point out because we're we're getting into the thick of like the occult type stuff with with the magic and what your your story is, and I want to hear it. But for my listeners, this may be the very first time that they're hearing some of this. Some of this stuff is what you might have suspected goes on. Uh, if you're a listener and you've been kind of hearing about, you know, what goes on behind back doors, what is the occult, what's happening in the the world. And so I I wanted to bring this conversation to everybody. And when Chris brought it to me, he's like, I'm not sure if it fits your show or not. And I said to Chris, my original thought was, okay, I think you're right. I'm not sure it does fit the show. Let me listen to his podcast. Let me get into it. And afterwards I was like, you know what, all this conversation we have about good versus evil, what people are doing in the back, I'm like, you're the perfect guest to bring on. And like, just hearing this at the very beginning, you're delivering exactly what I was hoping you'd deliver because this is what I want people to realize. This stuff is real and it's happening around us. And so, uh, and it doesn't mean that everybody that's doing this stuff is also an evil person. I don't want to beat that. That Some of these people are like some of the best people. And uh, I want to point that out as well today when we, as we're talking to you, but Nick, continue your story. I just wanted to kind of, uh, give a little further clarification for why my listening audience is hearing this. Um, so yeah, you know, that ended up happening. She ended up disrobed for a little bit and then, uh, you know, you do end up kind of doing like, um, you end up going up, you get your little glass of wine, you get a little cake of light that they call it. And you, you know, eat the cake of light, take down the wine, you cross your arms, you say, uh, there's no part of me that is not of the gods. And that's kind of like, I guess, like doing communion as well whatever so you do that and that basically you know ends the gnostic mass after it's all done um i hung out for a little bit afterwards i spoke to a few people uh a couple of people came up to me and spoke to me and like introduced themselves and asked like you know what i thought and everything and you know what why why did i get you know how did i end up here (laughs) you know what, what brought you here and, uh, you know, I talked a little bit and um, one of them, uh, one of the people there was actually the, the priestess that was just there. So, I mean, it was like a really uncomfortable and weird, too. I was like, <laughs> like, don't talk to me like right now. Yeah. <laughs> what did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. I, like I didn't even know your name yet. <laughs> the, 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 they walk up to you and go, you're next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on vacations. All right. Uh, so like, uh, she ended up mentioning like stuff about classes. And I was like, oh, okay. So like that even like seemed interesting to me because I was like, you know, I know I don't have to subject myself to like this, even though it really wasn't that bad. It was weird and different. Um, and I was just trying to like get an idea of what was going on. And I had no idea. But like that really threw me off with the priestess. But I mean, a- after that, honestly, the rest of it's just, it just looks like a very long drawn out like roman catholic church almost but um you know so like i was you know thinking like okay there's classes there's other things i can come to besides this and uh ended up going for for years and ended up becoming a member after that day still even though i was weirded out i I will say that day even why i was waiting in that room um, just like, you know, basic, I didn't know anybody there. So I was like a fly on the wall. I was just, just listening to everybody mm-hmm. else's conversations, looking at people, the mannerisms, you know, all that stuff. Cause I'm already like thinking I'm in a situation I don't know much about. So I'm like trying to read the room and read everybody. And I already knew that that was not going to be like a lifetime thing. I already knew that like, I just, even if I was to change 
throughout my magical, I guess, journey. I knew that that's not what I wanted to end up like, you know, and I just felt like I was kind of different anyway. It just, I, I knew I was not going to be a full lifer and that I was just going to go and try to learn as much as I could and get so, what I could out of it. So let's get into some magic. Okay. <laughs> let's get a little bit into magic. Um, so first magic is so much more than the dark magic that people talk about black magic. Um, the magic is really from my understanding, it's not much different than when a Roman Catholic says a prayer it's intention. It's uh, an intention of a prayer in order to manifest something into reality. Um, that is my understanding, but for somebody who studied this, that's gone to this church, I don't know what else to call it. Um, what am I missing? Fill in the blanks. Well, no, I mean, there is very much. And, you know, when I said Roman Catholic, I actually believe that mass was actually, Crowley admits, was kind of uh, highly based off of the Russian Catholic. Oh, okay. Russian Orthodox. But, uh, I mean, honestly, I do think um, even when I practice magic, see, now, like, the reason I was practicing magic, um, I kind of got into the Kabbalah. That was, like, something I came across when I was looking into things that I was interested in. Or, you know, finding, you know, things that are studied in magic. And I found that very interesting. And I, I did look at it as a way of, I guess, cleansing yourself and being able to get closer to God. So, like, my intentions, like, joining the even the OTO or practicing magic was to actually have, like, a spiritual experience with a higher power and to hopefully, like, better my life and stay out of the matrix that I think, like, they're trying to put us in. Mm. I was like, I'm going to learn, I guess, the system so I can just kind of swerve in and out and try to have, like, a the best life I can, I guess. I actually wasn't trying to, like, become, like, important, rich, famous that wasn't me. I mean, I have like social anxiety. Sometimes even podcasting still is actually rough for me, believe it or not. So like I'm not, I wasn't trying to be famous, but, uh, you know, just be a better person and just stop screwing up my life and messing up my life, you know? Right. And, uh, and, but like, you know, there is different sides, you know, people go for different reasons. Um, I do believe there's like different ideas of magic, um, you know, one, like I was saying, I think to more of do inner work would be different than somebody trying to like do magic. So they get a raise at their job, you know, right. To me, that's two totally different types <laughs> of magic, actually. Um, when it comes to churches, though, when I used to practice myself, my wife even used to joke around and she'd be like, oh, you got the body of Christ set up in the living room. Like it looked very much church-like and like things that she saw were very much from like Catholic church. So it's almost like an adoration setup. Is that what you're referring uh, to? That's okay. actually what I was really, you know, it's really impressive that you said that that's more of what I was really heavily into doing at some points was more hmm. of just adorations to God, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, uh, very much like that. I'd have like, you know, my, the stuff that I use for my incense, I got it from like a Catholic supply place, <laughs> you know, cause I thought it looked cool. And like, it, I, I guess I made that attachment from right. Catholicism. So I guess that was just a uh, easy on the eyes and just normal for me. Um, but I mean, when you said like, if there's like any difference, I guess, kind of like with magic and like some things that I've noticed with religion, um, like mantras, to me or this are used in magic 
same thing. So like even when you're doing those beads and doing all those, oh, say this so many times, say that so many times, that tends to become a mantra. If you're doing a repetitive prayer, I mean, that's a mantra. Alexio Divina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that stuff uh, is highly used in magic. And even with, like with sigils, instead of drawing a sigil out, like if you're making a sigil like out of a words or a phrase, you could uh, actually just play around with those and maybe create like another another whole, another whole word or another whole phrase because getting into gematria looking at it that way even though it's messed up all the values are still the same because it's the same letters and, and who and, taught you about that greg <laughs> you did gematria. i did <laughs> Nice. Gematria is very deep. And I think it's it's actually, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, but I actually think it's very huge in magic and people need to start entertaining that topic more. I think the numbers stuff throws them more if it gets them nervous. I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, with stuff like uh, that and like, I mean, even like the way I would do like my blessings and stuff, it's it's very much, there was a, I see a lot of a lot of uh, I guess connections between like religious ritual religious things and even in ceremonial magic a lot of things cross. So the other question I have before we get into some of these like topics you know that we want to get into with Montauk and everything, I'm curious because I've I've spoken to other people that are kind of in the same world that you're in. That's not the world that I'm in, right? So that's why this is a cool conversation for me. I'm enjoying this. Um, but when I have spoken with other people, they always tell me that there's really not a such thing as good or evil. And that's something that doesn't settle well with me because I really do believe there is good versus evil. So I'm curious in, in what you've experienced over the years that you've been involved, if you have that same viewpoint that they have, that good versus evil is not really the way that everybody uh, states that it is. And if that is your view or not, can you explain what good versus e- if, uh, evil is in your occult perspective? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a good one. Um, I mean, there is, I mean, yeah, I guess you can say, yeah, it is kind of good versus evil. Um, you know, part of the reasons why I had left the OTO um, was because of, well, one, when, when the COVID came, they went along with the CDC and I just thought that was a little weird for them um so like i kind of i was just like you know magic can protect you but not from this ladies and gentlemen (laughs) yeah or i'm like you know jesus is at the end of the block with his doors open i guess it's horace not as gangster as him like Like, i I guess jesus (laughs) jesus saves that's it (laughs) except from covid (laughs) (laughs) so uh so like i just thought that was weird and then they started doing a zoom meetings and uh you know in those zoom meetings i i I just gotta say this as he's saying this did you remember covid and the catholic church what they ended up doing they were doing baptism with super soakers and spraying the kids from afar what a farce what a farce anyway i'm sorry i just i had to say that because it's in my head now and i'm laughing i don't want to be laughing as you're talking and not say it then people like that oh yeah laughing at me yeah exactly no i'm laughing (laughs) at the water gun and the 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 baptism and the baby like ah (laughs) you're shot by the holy spirit bam baptized in the christ all right so isn't it though just I'm sorry to cut you off, Nick. <laughs> but isn't it uh, more along the lines of a left hand and a right hand path? 
than anything yes, else. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, and then it's always yeah. the free will aspect of it. So you either choose the more focused on yourself kind of role or you focus on assisting others and being selfless. So it's either a choice of being selfish or selfless. But no matter which path you choose, there is that element of free will involved. So I think that's, that's another important aspect to everything that we see, which goes back to what we were talking about before, where everything is almost inversion right now. So it's up to us to have that discernment of what's good and what's bad. And it's up to us to express our free will, whether that's a challenge, like we said during COVID, or it's something easy, uh, like finding an OTO <laughs> 20 minutes away from you. Um, yeah, I think those are actually very good points. Yes. And I, I'll, I'll get into that too, if you, uh, if you want. Um, but like one of the reasons why, uh, just continuing real quick, besides the CDC, um, they started doing zoom meetings because of them closing down. I had already like, was kind of out the door at that point. I wasn't quite, uh, happy going there anymore. I've already, in my opinion, I've already had magical experiences with a K and I was already turned off kind of by going to that place. Um, but when they started doing the zoom meetings, I just figured I can show up. I just put on my headphones. I could be vacuuming muted or I could be cleaning the house and doing something. I'm just there listening. And, uh, I did a few of those. And then one day I got an email and they wanted to talk about the whole George Floyd situation. And I'm like, well, George Floyd, unless he was an OTO member, uh, there's no reason to talk about them because just like Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, the, the OTO should only be worried about the OTO and nothing besides the OTO. So they shouldn't even be having this conversation. But I was like, I got to go listen to this because this has got to be interesting. <laughs> Long story short, it almost became like group therapy for everybody's experiences for that and then turning into promoting BLM saying that if Antifa becomes domestic terrorists, our Bill of Rights and all our laws just went out the window and it's done for us, the government's going to get us. They started promoting all of that stuff and like very far left type ideology. And I was like, now I know what it's all about. Yeah, I am not surprised. After that, after that, that was the last time I ever did anything with them. There was open socialists, there were open communists, there were people pushing that stuff. And I was not cool with that. And, you know, like I had said before, um, you know, I started having magical experiences. And, and in my opinion, kind of like what Chris was saying, you know, when you start doing inner work, I think you start to notice more of the chains that kind of keep you away from God or that kind of keep you stuck here. In my opinion, the image of the OTO, however it happened, if it just happened or was like that at the beginning, it gives off kind of the image of highlighting or promoting the handcuffs, actually. So along with that and them pushing a far left ideology, from my experience at the lodge that I went to, I only have to start to wonder, is it a psyop in itself? Because what you're promoting and the way you make your people think what magic is, they're never going to have a magical experience and more than likely will just become slaves to your ideology while they're here. What is a magical experience? To me, my opinion of what magic is with a K, uh, this might maybe weird out some of your listeners, and I don't mean to. It's just. Just be honest. I, I, I'm here to put the info why, out. Yeah. That's why, because I don't think there's enough people out there that I know that do this stuff are being honest. My opinion, a magical experience is you separating your soul from your body. 
at least past kind of astral projection, you know, uh, beyond that, in my opinion, and to the point to where there is slight death involved. That's why there is a death in a rebirth, because you can actually go down into such a deep of a meditation that you can almost bring your heart to actually stop and you will click out and you're, you will go somewhere else. Hmm. And when you come back, you come back with like, it's like a Rolodex of information just spinning in your head, spinning and spinning. And like all these things that I used to study in occultism that I didn't understand and things with Kabbalah and symbolism, it's almost as if I was like getting flashes on the screens, like showing me visually how it actually connects and how it makes sense to the, you know, and it's to the point to where to me, it actually worried me a little bit. Cause I was like, this is almost getting close to like voices. Like, you know, it's so insane. Right. You no, know, I was just like, this is weird. Besides other things, like besides the fact, what did I just experience? Because that was out of this world. And it, 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 when I started to kind of believe what just happened, that was really hard because like at that point, I, I know it's not a belief anymore for me. I know that everything that I used to believe about what this world is about is a lie. And to, that's hard when it's a knowing and not a belief anymore. Mm. And that actually was hard to accept. I can imagine. I mean, uh, yeah, that the whole rebirth, I always think of the story of the Phoenix, right? You know, the Phoenix uh, is dies down and is reborn from the ashes and uh, rises again. And we have all these different deaths in our life that are kind of natural deaths. We have the loss of loved ones. That's a death, the loss of a first love, you know, that gets away. That's a death. Uh, we have even our ego. I think that we go through deaths of our ego at various parts of our life. And we have to come in terms of like, you know, well, I'm reimagining who I am now. I know I'm at this age now where I feel like uh, I just don't care what other people think about me. Mm. I don't need any validation from anybody anymore. And actually it's very liberating to, to finally feel like I've reached that part of my life. Um, we're going to take a quick break right here, everybody. This has been a great conversation so far. I'm, I'm really looking forward to where we're going in the second half. And you're not going to want to miss it because we're going to start getting into some great topics out in Long Island. We want to get into Amityville horror, talk a little bit about what's going on with the paranormal on Long Island the Montauk project, which I know Chris Michaels and I have talked about before and stranger things was originally called Montauk before the studio changed the name. And we're going to see what Chris, uh, what Chris and Nick have to offer in that conversation as well. We're going to take a quick break here. Everybody make sure that you're going over and uh, helping the visit sponsors to help keep the lights on. You're listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden and my special co-host, Chris Michaels here on this lovely Friday here. Hope that you're enjoying yourself. We'll be right back. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray 
with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here. You're listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels. We're having a phenomenal time here with our guest, Nick, from the Occult Rejects. Learning so much right before the break. Nick was breaking it down for us. And uh, Nick, I wanted to kind of come back to you so we can kind of wrap up the magic conversation a little bit more because I didn't want to cut you off. Make sure you could talk a little bit more about that. So uh, let's uh, let's continue there and then we'll get into some of those other topics we were teasing right before the break. All right. Um, you know, I mean, with that experience that I said that I had, I mean, even even when you have these experiences, it's as if you're you're not here. You're somewhere else. You're not even having a body. You're visualizing everything almost like from like, a, I don't know. It's very weird. You have no body and you're completely deaf. But like I said, you will all of a sudden like come into like knowing of stuff. It's almost to me, I do think it's in a sense might be tapping into like pure collective consciousness in a way. And when you like I was saying, you come back and you'll have all this fluttering and all this stuff coming in your mind. It's kind of cheesy and I don't like when people say it and I hate using it myself, but really the best way to explain it is a download, even though I'm not big on a download, you know, it just sounds cheesy, but uh, it's very much like that. It is almost like you're just getting downloads of information into your head and, you know, I, you could sit there and spend all this time, you do all this shadow work, you try to, you know, make yourself a better person, you start really looking at your mind and how it works. Why do you get angry? Why do you get fearful? I mean, you're doing like a real deep inventory of yourself if you're doing it correctly, I think. And um, so, you you know, you're trying to like be the best that you can and you can come back from this experience and it's literally as like you're handed a gift again, but it's as if like, can I use this to try to still better myself and help humanity? Or can I use this now to manipulate people for self-worth and gain? Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think that's a big thing to mention because I do think that, that does even catch a lot of people at that point. You know, it's like sometimes I even wonder if that's when like, oh, they sold their souls to the devil. Was it that they kind of had that taste and they knew what they could do and they just chose that path now in a sense? But uh, I do think a lot of magicians fall that way as well. When we see all the symbolism that's around us in Hollywood, you know, uh, people, Chris laughs because people always make fun of my photo on my podcast because my hands are like this. 
And uh, I've gotten people that have been like, oh, he's part of the Illuminati or he's a chosen one of member of the media. <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows how funny that actually is, because when I took the photo, I purposely did it just to troll people as a joke. Um, and so it, people are fell for it when, you know, I had a post that had like 9 million views. That's when it all started. People are like, oh, he's chosen. He's opposition in order to have this out there. I'm like laughing about it. Cause I'm like, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. I'm just having fun with it. But all that symbolism that we're seeing in Hollywood and around us, uh, the actors, uh, the media, uh, some of these billionaires, is that any of that accidental uh, or is that all planned? I would assume most of it's uh, kind of planned. Um, there is also the other thing, like, you know, kind of when it comes to Gematria, and it's something that I've been noticing a lot only because I've really been getting into true crime as well because I've been noticing in a few cases this year it just seems very occult to me. You get a lot of the same numbers, the same recurring values, almost kind of like the same matches. And not to sound like really out there or you know, I don't know. I do question sometimes, like, is there kind of like a formula to reality? And uh, is that just like a – is that just going to happen in that type of situation? Is, like, is there a value that somehow is just going to equate to that visual? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard to explain, but it's just like yeah. – No, I think you're onto something because um, the, I have, was a uh, psychonaut for a while. So I was taking mushrooms regularly and all that. And it wasn't, it wasn't to just like wig out and go crazy on a Saturday night. It was actually because I felt I was getting something out of it. Um, and it wasn't so much when I was on them that I enjoyed it. I actually got more worth out of the days after I took them because you started to think differently. And what you described before, the break – is exactly what I was thinking and feeling on the few days after I was taking mushrooms. Everything made sense. Um, if I didn't get some kind of topic um, before the trip, after the trip, it worked. I made sense of it. I pulled together things that I normally wouldn't pull together. Mm. It's almost like rewiring your neural network. Yes, yes. And I was even starting to see patterns in nature, like fractals. Like I remember – being able to walk through the park and all of the leaves, I, I just remember seeing it was like kind of springish. So the leaves were popped uh, and they were still that vibrant green, you know, not like when you get into the deep summer where the dark green, it's vibrant green leaves. And I remember seeing all these leaves, but I remember seeing the patterns in the leaves and how they were set up. It all made sense. But if I look at it now, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's a bush. But on the come down from this, I would say like, oh, okay, this is all the math behind the bush. Like these leaves are coming into a certain geometric equation to all of this, and it makes sense. So I, I can completely relate to all of that. Now, I want to get into a little thing here. When we come to symbolism in Hollywood and entertainment and all that, right, do you think that some of these actors and actresses are doing these things against their will? Particularly, we had Britney Spears. Remember her conservatorship, where she basically had no power whatsoever, and she was essentially getting a, uh, an allowance by her family? So do you think some of these actors and actresses are forced into doing these ritualistic music videos, making the eye gestures, covering up one eye, 
you know, being draped in red clothing and, and mock blood and all this other stuff for some other dark purpose, some other puppet master. Mm. Uh, I do think uh, some of them, I mean, I think at this point, though, in the world, I, I find it hard to believe that, like, these people wouldn't realize if they're being told to do this, what it means, you know. But in my opinion, I do think um, there are people who aren't fully really in the know or part of the club or actually know what magic is, and they're being yeah. used. I definitely think that um, probably being made to do it for sure, because I even think like, I mean, I've seen some artists that, you know, they'll tell you that after, you know, if depending on what your contract says, you might actually be signing over to like them telling you how to be an act. Right. And you right. have like zero create creating uh, you know, creative ability. You're, right. you're stuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, right there. I mean, if you have an occultist in the mix, they will be doing stuff against their they're willing away, probably. Right. You know, depending on how you look at the will. Right. Which brings us against our will. We're, uh, what about Montauk? What do you know about Montauk? So we know what the Montauk project is on a, at a high level. But from your research, what do we got? What's the Montauk project? I mean. And don't say stranger things. Don't cop out like that. If anything, I, I would think. My opinion, well, I mean, it's almost a little bit like what I think Stranger Things is. Right. I think that I is forcing people to have magical experiences with technology. Or they were using technology to possibly, like, scry or look back into their own eyeballs and stuff like that. As mm -hmm. weird as it sounds. But uh, I, I do think it was a lot of technology trying to um, maybe, like, get people to astral travel. You know, because mm -hmm. even with certain... Even with the Gateway Project, those are just CDs or tapes or whatever. You could download stuff and listen to them. Um, that's just sound sitting there in your own headphones. And if you do practice that, I mean, I only went a few tapes in and I already, to me, I was already like, this is a shortcut to a magical experience. Because when I've had magical experiences, I've had a few. I did keep going for a little bit before I stopped. Uh, there is, for me, a common body feeling that I will get right before it happens. There is common visuals before I have a magical experience. It is like a cycle that I will just continually experience before it happens. I noticed it almost like speeding it up. Wow. So, like, they definitely work. So, I mean, just on something like that. Now, if you can actually start you know, contacting other parts of people's brains or maybe doing things with their ears or their eyes, especially the eyes, I do think you can force people into having magical experiences. Right, right. So you think the Montauk Project was just a way to try and experiment on people so that they are forced into a magical experience through it's technology. Like like, and I, would I would consider that you know, kind of MK Ultra, really. Right. Because that's what I was going to bring up, too, because all of that stuff really started at the east end of Long Island out of Montauk after World War II or during World War II. If you remember, they had those, uh, what, six to ten agents that landed on the beach and they were caught. Where did those guys go? <laughs> <laughs> I think they landed in 42 or 43 by a submarine. You got the, Philadelphia, the, yeah, the Philadelphia experiment. Well, no, no, no. This is no, no, but I'm saying you had the Philadelphia experiment in addition to that. Yeah, right. right? So, so right. we have... We have these records from the 1940s between Montauk, between the Philadelphia experiment, between that, where we were doing parapsychology. We were doing kind of this MK Ultra type of research into seeing whether or not people could influence other people's individual uh, minds. We were doing astral projection. 
I've done astral projection before and I was shocked at how accurate it is when I, when I was able to test myself. So I believe that this is a real thing as well as during the 1940s, we were coming out of a time of Tesla leaving behind his FBI files and they were studying those up until 1953. So there was also a huge electrical engineering uh, surge that was going on, especially after world war two coming out of world war two, we were inventing new uh, types ways to kill people. Right. So we had just invented the nuclear bomb. So there was so much that was coming to a head that people uh, have talked about whether or not this was paranormal in a sense, what was going on in Montauk was there UFOs involved was this alien technology or were we just dealing with uh, a complete enlightenment of the human mind that the military had stumbled upon in their research and so I, I think that any of those stories could really go. But what are you hearing, uh, Nick and Chris, about what happened out on Long Island? Because I don't live there. I live closer to the Philadelphia where the Philadelphia experiment was. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so as far as my research goes, um, I think that it was probably more truer than false. A um, lot of bizarre things if you go out there. Um, I know I went out there one time. I found brand new laid cables and this wasn't so long ago uh so where are those cables going and if you look at who owns the land over there the new york state parks department i think owns the top six feet of dirt and then everything underneath still belongs to either the dod or the department of homeland security so what's that about why (laughs) why is that happening um so i i think it's more truer than not uh and i also think that it was the beginning experiments on how to really manipulate people. And I think we're seeing the effects of that today. Um, When you look at something like CERN, when you look at something like 5G, and all the rumors we hear about graphene oxide in the injections, how are they manipulating the electromagnetic fields to alter reality itself? So I think that's that's what's really going on here. And uh, Nick, you can also probably tag along uh, Brookhaven National Lab onto that too. Because they've got a mini CERN at Brookhaven National Lab, and they fly people in from all over the planet. And I thought you heard about as a kid. Oh, what's going on? Brookhaven. Yep, it's the old. Was it Grumman? Grumman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We had Grumman. I mean, like they're making stuff for the government. Yeah. Tell me more. I'm I'm uh, I'm out of the loop on this. Educate. When I grew up, I had a neighbor across the street. He worked for Grumman. And mm-hmm. he even told me himself, he said he worked for the government. He built you know, some sort of plane. Sometimes they tell him what it was or sometimes they wouldn't. But for the most part, he even said it was very separated to where you just had your one little thing that you did. And then it just went to somebody else. So yeah. like you, you couldn't even like recreate that. Yeah. But, you know, it was and it very top you know, secret to where the guy had to go through a lot of clearance, too. It's technically right. so- kind of working for the government. Right. So Long Island used to be a big defense department and uh, well, have a lot of defense industry out here. So um, you had Boeing, you had Northrop Grumman. Um, and also, believe it or not, when I went to Tucson, you can go down into one of the big ICBMs. So you can, you can go down there. And the whole thing is essentially built on shock absorbers. So if there was a nuclear attack, nothing would actually move because it would all kind of like crunch in the ground. Right. Well, all of those shock absorbers and springs, they were built in Westbury on Long Island. So it used to be huge on Long Island, but all of them went away. 
And so there's a lot of mysterious things that we hear about in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then kind of dissipated in the 90s. See, that's, that's really weird that you, you mentioned Boeing. So, like, Boeing was out on Long Island? Yeah. See, Boeing and Northrop Grumman. And, you know, maybe this kind of, like, segues into a little bit of the other stuff we're going to talk about with Long Island. But, like, you know, when you were talking about MK Ultra before and then, like, talking about, like, you know, what do I think is going on out there? I'm thinking about MK Ultra uh, type possible experiments at Montauk. And then, like, I'm thinking about, like, how we brought Nazis over here and they're messing around possibly with lines, you know, and, and messing with bugs out here. And then you're talking about Boeing, and I know I'm pretty sure, like, wasn't Boeing, like, kind of involved with, like, supplying Nazis with, uh, with stuff? And uh, we had the United Nations on Long Island for a little bit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then at one point we even had – funny, funny that I find it, it's 33 Nazis. We had a Nazi spy ring. And we had a Nazi camp or, or area that you could live in in Yaphank. I'm just like looking at this now and like just hearing about even with Boeing and just other stuff. And to me, it just seems like I hate to say it, a lot of weird stuff that Nazis were into actually seemed to be going on on Long Island. Right. And what's also interesting, too. And they were here to... before and after World War Two. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and what's also interesting, too is do you know where they put all of the Spanish flu victims, or a lot of them anyway? No. They put them at Camp Hero out in Montauk after World War I. So you had monumental amounts of death after World War I out in that area probably due to the, to the Spanish flu. Or if you go down another road, the vaccines that they injected them with. So that area is an energetic nexus of some some kind because why do you have all these rumors about mk ultra why is plum island which is an enormous biological and weapons testing facility just off the coast of montauk we hear who was it was it thomas jefferson that went out there he translated the montauk indian language he was going back to new york lost it turned around and retranslated it that must have been some important language to do that whole thing twice. <laughs> I mean, what are you, what's going on? <laughs> now, then if you think so, about it, like even Tesla, and this kind of goes back to what I think Greg was getting at before, mm -hmm. Tesla wanted to come out here and build something. So, you know, again, like I had said, I think off the air, it wasn't earlier, you know, even when it comes to Nazism, I think that has to do with something with like occultism and magic uh, somewhere in the mix. And, you know, again, if Tesla was coming here, he was under the assumption that, what, there's free kind of electricity within the air, right? Yeah. That's how it worked. Yeah, I mean, so not only did he feel that there was free electricity in the air, but he knew that there was uh, electricity inside the Earth's core that could be drawn up. So things like the Hotel New Yorker, they actually dedicated uh, a Walden uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? The Walden uh, – Waldencliff. They did a Waldencliff Tower in the New Yorker at the very top. And the idea was the two towers in the center were supposed to send electron winds out throughout the city to provide free electricity for everybody. And then shortly after they started building it, the design changed and they covered it up and it was no longer there. But there's uh, the foundations for the New Yorker. If you go into the information for it, they actually dug deeper into the ground than any other hotel. 
in order to get the energy from out of the earth up into this part. So Tesla was highly involved with that. And then he took the Wardenclyffe tower, tower out the Long Island, where he was attempting to provide power for all of uh, Long Island simply from this tower. And uh, he ended up going bankrupt at that point in time. And if it wasn't for people like the bastard Thomas Edison, who screwed Tesla repeatedly, or Westinghouse, who made millions of dollars off of his name, uh, likely you and I might be broadcasting this through a completely different type of screen. And likely we wouldn't be paying an electric bill because I believe that all that was solved. And I'm not making any of that up. You can look at the FBI.gov. They only have the declassified parts. I mean, Tesla made an earthquake machine that caused an earthquake in New York City when the authorities came to him. Tesla said, oh, man, did you guys feel that earthquake? That was horrible. Meanwhile, it was him. He was the one that caused it. Uh, he had a death ray. And now we're talking about direct energy weapons in places. That was one of Tesla's inventions. He had the entire schematics for it. They had most of it uh, redacted on the FBI's website. But you can see this guy was almost alien. And I'll tell you one other thing about Tesla that's really uh, important. He appears on the interplanetary report for the division of the FBI in 1953. And there's people that say, well, that's because it was a slow space weather day. And there's other people that say it's actually because Nikola Tesla, his lineage was not from of this earth. That's, that's really, I've heard Venusian. I've heard from Venus. Mm -hmm. yep. So I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. So Nick, before we move on to a different topic, I want to get, get maybe not, maybe opinion is the wrong word. Because I'm a Reiki master. So when I tell people that they should trust their intuition or they're not psychic, I say, okay, pretend that you want to use your imagination. When you think you're using your imagination, you're not. You're paying attention to your intuition and you're paying attention to what you're actually feeling out there. So if your intuition is turned on right now and you're listening to the first thing that pops into your head, what do you get about what happened with Tesla out on Long Island? What was he trying to do? Uh, Doing a little bit of channeling here on the spot. <laughs> yeah, he's, in, uh, in my opinion, what he was, uh, you know, this goes back to electricity, and that's what I was trying to say back to Greg. I, I think, you know, and again, why I had mentions, I think Nazis were into occultism and they seem to have a presence here and just a lot of other weird stuff. I, I do question if there happens to be something very important with like a ley line or a source of energy or something with Long Island, because I do think when it comes down to magic, it really, really is just electricity and magnetism. So, but I don't know. That's probably not the answer. You're no, <laughs> not at all. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So what about, you know, I wonder uh, if that's the water, even if the water has something to play into that. Of course. Of course. I, I remember when I lived in Arizona, Arizona is what? It's all rocks and desert. I was able to manifest a lot more quickly in Arizona than I was out here. Um, and it probably had something to do with that. There wasn't water. There wasn't that emotional fluid energy moving around, right? It's a more base energy. It's a more grounded energy out in Arizona when you're surrounded by rocks than it is with, with water. So uh, that definitely plays something into it, too. Um, okay, so another thing you've been working on, or you have worked on, 
the Gilgo murders. What did you find out about that? Was there any numerology in there? Was there any sort of symbolism that you picked up on in your research? It, and first, can we actually introduce yeah. to listeners that don't live in that area a little bit about what, what is Gilgo Beach and the serial killer and the murders so we can set the scene? All right. Uh, Gilgo Beach uh, goes back to, oh, God, I shouldn't remember the date. Oh, I think it's uh, <laughs> what I think it was 2011. Man, I should know the date. I'm so sorry. Excuse it was, uh, it was, <laughs> okay. it was, it was, it was 19 years ago. 13 years ago. I was going to say 1996 to 2011. There were 11 yeah. people. Right. Yes. There's, uh, and there were, I think, except for an Asian dude who was dressed as a female and a child, I think all the rest were women and I think uh, considered sex workers. And uh, they kind of started it off with um, Shannon Gilbert, kind of started it off. They ended up finding her. Uh, she did, you know, make a phone call even on the night where she thought that she was going to get killed. So they're assuming that that was probably the night it happened. Um, and a, a dog uh, ended up finding it. A cadaver dog ended up just happened to be just going through Gilgo Beach and it happened to hit something. And they found that one girl and that started off the whole thing of them digging and looking for more. And there is now Rex Hurman who has been arrested that they have. Uh, three uh, that they're charging and one suspected still. So like a possible four uh, out of all those murders. And uh, I definitely think uh, it's kind of a cult. I think there's something behind it actually. Oh, what makes you say that? Um, you know, it, so many things. Uh in the you know Crowley has the book of lies and there's even things mentioning uh, you know Babylon. You see, I mean, you, you have to like if if you kind of look at the situation already, if you really want to think about it, you have uh, a guy who lived in the town of Oyster Bay who went and took um, prostitutes and killed them in the town of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Trying not to use the other word, but you know, blank of Babylon. That's what they technically kind of were. So you already have a bunch of them getting killed. But in like the Book of Lies, almost I think it goes chapter by chapter. There's a uh, part of a chapter about somebody from a place with oysters. And then there is a, a chapter about uh, Peaches. And Peaches was one of the women uh, that was found that was a sex worker as well. And then there's another chapter right after that. There's like three or four chapters in a row that like start matching um, some of the victims in like the areas. I thought that was weird. Um, there was also, uh, you have, there was women with the three, first three letters was MMM. There's Mary, Melissa, and uh, the other one escapes me. And then there was Amber. Uh, Amber, her last name started with a C. Okay. Alistair Crowley wrote the MMM for the Gnostic Mass and, uh, you know, the OTO. And wow. Stuff. And, of course, so I, Amber C is AC for yes. Alistair Crowley. Right? But right. then there is also dates that match uh, some of the phone calls, some of the women's birth dates. They start matching women that Crowley kind of mess with that were considered scarlet women. Uh, so you have to start, like, you know, that's, like, weird how, like, the birth dates or dates of deaths match these. Um, we started running Gematria and like we were getting matches of like people's names and, uh, you know, uh, 
times that he called her or um, things like in the news, like weird stuff where they're, they're showing like the kid holding an A&W root beer box. And the gematria in that actually matches one of the days the girls got called. It's like so weird. But like there is like a lot of weird numerology behind it as well. It, it was it's to me. I think it had to have been multiple people behind it. I think there is. Um, yeah, I definitely think there is occultism behind it. I, I I hate to say it, but I even do think his wife is involved. Me too. And, and they do say that there was a lot of her hair actually mm-hmm. in those bodies. And there is even a, um, you know, and that's another thing, even his wife and his ex-wife, even like dates and numerology with them will match stuff with like the other women. Um, but like even like when the first day Asa came home, um, the news was already there waiting. And like they got a picture of her and like she had her hand out or something. And like she got a good look at her hand. She had the Kabbalistic red bracelet on mm-hmm. and her keychain was a checkered floor. Gosh, what like, does that um, mean? <laughs> Rex, Rex, uh, Rex, I can't remember the rest of it. That's even an OTO degree name. Rex. Is it really? It means king also. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's even stuff, even when you start looking at the, the dog, even the dog starts to match other things. It's very weird with the, the numerology, the book of lies. And there was even a bunch of um a bunch of poems that Crowley wrote. Some of them almost kind of matched the situation, or the numerology of the name of the poem was then matching the same things we just looked at before. It was just right. really weird. Wow. Nick, I, I don't know. Uh, with numerology, Chris really got me looking into numerology. I, I, I did not pay attention to it until a few months ago, quite honestly, uh, we were having conversations. He started pointing it out to me. I'm curious, you know, you, you, you've looked at this. I don't know what your political leanings are or political sway, whether you're apolitical or in any way, shape or form. You, you referenced earlier when things got very liberal, where you were going, you kind of figured that's my, my time to get out, but that doesn't mean you're conservative. So I'm not going to paint you that way. Sure. What I am going to ask you is with the effort that you just described, of Gilgo Beach, can you give me the same type of description of the occult in politics, no matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, what's going on in the background? And then there's this other thing that I personally think it's it's pretty crazy, but I know listeners of my show, they tell me about Q and about, you know, people that use numerology this way. Um, Is that on purpose? Because I'm not into Q. I, I, I'm not whatsoever. I think it's pretty crazy. I've watched the HBO special on it, and I'm just like, I feel like this is somebody manipulating people, which maybe that's magic as well, right? So I'm learning from you tonight. Uh, I, I covered them, actually, on my show. Really? Okay, I'll have to, I'll have to listen to that episode. I uh, apologize. I haven't heard. I'm catching no, up on your right. shows now. In part series. It's very long. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I guess my, my question for you is this. We'll give it more concise. Can you tell me about the occult practices that you've noticed because of what you've studied in uh, Democrat and Republican uh, politicians, as well as whatever that tie-in is that got popular during Donald Trump and Q? Uh, Can you kind of give me a a little overview of that? Uh, In my opinion, I think both sides, they're they're no different, unfortunately. That's just my opinion. 
Um, when I first left the uh, the OTO, now I'm I'm assuming it's probably also because of the blatant left uh, leftist and liberal ideology they were pushing. I was just already like thinking like something might be up with that side in you know ceremonial magic, and it was very blatant to me when I had left before the elections that the Democrats were like almost like blatantly using symbolism and magic. Um, eventually I started to, uh, notice a lot of it with, uh, QAnon stuff. And in my opinion, I hate to say it. I do think Donald Trump and the right, um, I, I don't think they're any different. The thing that I have noticed the most though, um, and I, I think I might have a good case for it. I think the left right now is very much playing an extreme left or is playing an extreme left. And now the right is actually playing the right. So now it's starting to swing back, which I do think is like, you know, why we saw a lot of uh, stuff going on prior to the elections. You know, the left pillar is very much into labels, uh, structure, form, and then you can start getting into, believe it or not, like uh, hermaphrodite is actually a, a, an image for the, the sphere uh, eight, which is hold on the tree of life. So it is telling you something about a mixture of, of sexes. Um, in my opinion, it's not in the flesh, not yet, but I think that gets confused. But, uh, so like, uh, what I, what I, what I'm getting at is that I saw very easily how, like I saw the left playing the left very hard. You know what I'm saying? They were fitting the left pillar very well. Uh, even color symbolism, black and red is on that side. You had that with, right. you know, anti for BLM. Um, so like, it was just very blatant to me, their D 20 with the pentagram in it. It was just like, come on. Uh, but then I, I did just my opinion. I, I do think what we're seeing is the pendulum swinging the other way. I do think it is going much more now towards the beast side or the beast system. I do think there is two separate you know, in the in the middle, maybe you'll catch some beauty for a few years, but uh, eventually, when it starts moving to the other way, it's just going to cause chaos in different ways and change, and then go back. But I do think um, we're heading towards that way, especially with you know, I don't know how people think about Elon, but I think between Elon, uh, Donald Trump, uh, even or not, this is going to sound wild, Mormonism, and uh, and. Um, if you, you know a couple other things, I think very much beast-like energy is going to start really appearing, and I even think war in Ukraine, whatever was going on over there, is uh, is even like a way of showing that beast-like energy. To me, symbolism would be war uh, rockets. Parsons liked his rockets. We got somebody else who loves his rockets right now too. You know, and if you and if you don't even believe in outer space, and you really have to question what's going on with him, but I mean, that's a whole other topic. You know, if, if there's flat earthers or whatever out there, um, but uh, still uh, haven't seen that curve. Yeah. Flown many times, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, still Chris. looking. Chris, don't got binoculars. Start. Don't start, Chris. And, and <laughs> my opinion, I think the best way to try to explain this too, if any of you's ever seen the movie Mother, with an exclamation point. And if anybody else there has, it's very Gnostic, uh, very much Kabbalistic. And it is the Scarlet Woman and I guess like, you know, the uh, the king and the queen kind of. And the beast, the beast and the woman. And, uh, you know, when she goes down, she goes down in flames. 
you know, it's like a total destruction. The whole house, the whole yard gets blown away. She's in ashes. He's holding her. That's how kind of like imagery and symbolism, uh, a cleansing and alchemical change, you know, and since like around 2000, you know, since around the elections, there has been constant <laughs> forest fires or things getting burnt up too. So I do question you, like, again, when I was saying, will you see certain things just manifest due to the change that's going on in reality? And I do question like a lot of these things that we're seeing, I think we're swinging in that way. That's my opinion. It's Can interesting. I just bring up two things real quick, or no? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Please do. I, I want. Let me just let me throw out the mother yeah. starred Jennifer Lawrence and Ed Harris, and Ed Harris is famous for asking us the question of whether or not we are all in a play in the Truman Show. But go right ahead, Chris Michaels. <laughs> so, uh, two things you said, Nick, about the hermaphrodism. So you know the pride flag, right? You know your chakra. You know, your, the colors of the chakra, they start from your crotchetoral region, they go up to your crown. It's Roy mm -hmm. G. Biv, right? So the pride flag has those colors flipped. And the pride flag also removes the color of your throat chakra. So instead of seven chakra, they have six. Instead of the red being the root, the red is the crown. So it's almost as if they flipped Earth. everything on its head. And that root earth energy which is supposed to be how you interact on this plane pretty much is now at the top where the crown is. So you get your messages from your higher self through this base earth root energy. So that goes back to what you were saying. It's more of a bestial energy. It's a more base energy, right? Yes. And then you also brought up that it's sphere number eight in the tree of life, right? Yes. Have you ever heard of the eighth sphere? So if you look up Rudolf Steiner and you research what the eighth sphere is, it's basically a spiritual cul-de-sac. So instead of advancing on a spiritual level and elevating yourself and being a better person and all this, you think you're going down an advancement, but it's really a false advancement. So instead of being psychic, and if you want to reach out to somebody, just think of them, what do you do? You use your phone. So it's a technological uh, it, it's highly, highly technical. A lot of technology comes out during this eighth sphere process, but you're replacing your own innate abilities with the technology, which goes back to what we were saying before with MK Ultra and Montauk, having spiritual experiences induced by technology. It's pretty deep. I, I do think um, on the tree of life, once you've hit sphere eight, if you don't, you know, that's like coming down. Like that's like, you know, that's when everything really does get messed up. Yeah. Even though you've kind of come down that part of the tree, I think going down past eight is where everything that's like the abomination almost in a sense. Mm. And I think because Tahuti falls on that, on that uh, sphere, in my opinion, that's where the hero's journey starts and he has to go up the tree from eight. Mm. I think I go eight, six, four, and then I guess like three, two in a sense. But like more of the, the, the even numbers, I think, are the kind of the path of Tuhuti rising up the tree. Hmm. So, Nick, I have a final question for you before we end. If I'm now looking at the world through uh, the possibility that there's many people that are operating right now 
uh, out of a, a, a manipulative sense for magic with a K, uh, trying to experience the magical world and then manipulating the masses, whether they are Twitter influencers that are doing this practice or whether it's advertisers or some billionaires that have control of different media companies, depending on whatever that may be. What are the phrases and words that I may want to listen for that would tell me that I may be under a spell that somebody may be trying to influence me unduly and uh, I should put up my defenses. What are some things that people could look out for? Well, one, uh, what I think QAnon is really good at. Think, blah, blah, blah. Think, blah, blah, blah. You're already being told what to think right there. You know, certain uh, certain phrases like that, that kind of like almost... Uh, like when the news media says, here's what you need to know. Yes, stuff right. like that. Um, believe it or not, I think a lot of times to try to win people over or to manipulate people, it's almost kind of... Um, it might be a little bit more than just a word. It's They're going to try to get neither emotions out of you or they're really going to try to humanize, like... Uh, my opinion, just with occultism right now, there is a massive true crime. Like magicians are just jumping on the true crime train because it is highly lucrative, especially on YouTube and just in general. And that um, is because you can start getting feelings out of humanizing people. You know, and it doesn't even have to be the victims. You could be humanizing uh, the person who's being charged of the crime that, uh, you know, a large amount of people may think like Brian Kohlberger. A lot of people think that uh, he didn't do it. And there's a lot of people that I watch in true crime because I'm actually big into that. And there is a lot of people that I do think are occultists and they do very well on their channels. And the one thing that I have noticed that they do is that they will humanize and insinuate and almost create the story, but make you almost think you know this person when you don't. That is one of the biggest things is them is people. I don't know how this happened, but for some reason, like with especially with politicians, because we saw them for 10 minutes, we know who they are. Oh, you know, or like a Tucker Carlson. You could watch him. You know, I, I like him, whatever. But, you know, who knows? He's probably involved in the same club. Who knows? But like I watched that guy for like an hour a day. I could do that for a few months. I'm going to think even I'm like, we have a relationship and he has no idea. When. <laughs> People are good at making you think, you know, them. And right. it's, it's believe it or not, it's much more of, I think, a, a slow creep into your psyche than, than, than that blatant, believe it or not. Hmm. It is, it is winning you over with feelings and making you think, you know, the person. So do you think they're trying to tap into the psyche of the masses to try and siphon off the energy of them, the subconscious energy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do highly think that's something that's right. Both magic. Right. Yeah. So that's I why I feel different. I don't want to be direction. Oh, what's that? I think they try to harness energy and do other things. They, right. That's what I'm getting at. I, yeah. uh, especially I went to a Dave Matthews concert recently and you know, the light shows that they do in the background. Well, a lot of the times you see the pentagram, you've got two lights that go like this and then you've got two lights that go across like this. So they make a pentagram. And they also pretty much only used the Ukrainian yellow and blue the whole show for all their lights. 
They never said anything political, but those are the only two colors they used. See, that's the other thing, too. Uh, even those colors, and that was like even other reasons why I think, why I was saying we're swinging into the B system. That starts to go towards male uh, color energies on the Tree of Life. That's going from like the sun to like the far right now on the right pillar blue at the top. I mean, that's that's even another thing if you not to get into it, but, you know, beast symbolism. And again, I did mention, I think Nazis were into magic. The right pillar is white and the top sphere is blue. Mm -hmm. You know, just put two and two together with Himmler and his little army. White dudes with blue eyes. I mean, is that just the way of you symbolizing what, you know, stuff that you're working with? Well, guys, this is uh, it's been a great conversation. We could likely cover another hour uh, with ease. I, I have no doubt about that. Uh, but unfortunately, for the network's sake, we're going to have to end it here for tonight. Uh, and for those that have tuned in tonight on X, uh, Nick, where can people find you on X or the the artist formerly known as Twitter? <laughs> uh you can find me i'm on uh at the occult rejects and the ny patriot show you can find both of them on youtube the ny patriot and the occult rejects are on the same channel the occult rejects and both my podcasts are on most podcast uh, major you know, podcast hosts and on bit shoot and rumble excellent yeah I'm, uh, I'm on instagram or twitter as uh, i would look up the ny patriot on instagram twitter the occult rejects if you're looking to get in touch with me any questions I do actually answer eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> I, I, I answer anytime Twitter actually shows me the message or Instagram. Half the time I don't see the messages, which is a, a conversation for another day, I suppose. All right, Chris, uh, thanks for being a part of this and bringing Nick on too and uh, making me aware of him. I appreciate that. <laughs> anytime, Greg. I'm glad I could help. <laughs> no, it's great. No, I, I really enjoy this conversation. And, you know, I said earlier in the show, out of full transparency, I, I really thought about, you know, was this the right fit for the show? And I'm glad that I said yes, because I think this was educational in a way that I wasn't expecting to be educated. So thank you uh, for bringing that as well. That was awesome. A very different interview for me, and I had a really good time. So I appreciate that. Excellent. I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, spread the word. <laughs> leave a good hear. review on all the podcast networks. <laughs> all right, everybody. That is it. That is all. We hope that we honored your time well. Uh, we will be back next week, wrapping up the week once again, where we can pick a winner and loser of the week next week. We didn't do it this week because I want Chris Michaels to be able to not fear losing his eyebrow. <laughs> For another week because he is losing to me so bad. I'm pretty sure I met his oh. mother. I met his mother a few weeks ago. I'm oh. going to feel bad oh. to do that to him and his mother when she has to see her son with no eyebrows because I'm so good at picking winners and picking <laughs> losers of the week. And Chris Michaels is so poor at it. Uh, I Chris, had all I had Chris, them all picked out. Yeah, I'm not even putting your video back up on the screen right now for people to see you, you loser. <laughs> Oh, my. All right, everybody. That's it. That's all. We're going to get going. Hope you have an absolutely fabulous weekend. Make sure you follow everybody here on the panel uh, for this conversation today on the socials. Uh, check in with us, and we'll be continuing to post great content. I'm also going to see if I can get Nick on an X space with Chris Michaels and I very soon as well. We'll end up doing that so you can hear us on there. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden, Chris Michaels, as well as Nick from the Occult Rejects. 
here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.